0: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Sunday, uh, end of May, May 31st. Can you believe this? We are uh, we are already out of spring, it seems like, We're headed for summer. So I had a lot of uh, stuff on my heart today I want to share with you. Um, I, I spend a lot of time listening to a lot of different ministries and, and have several favorites uh, that I like to listen to. And um, this actual message, uh, part of this message was brought to all the way back around Easter time, by, uh One of my favorites is Ron Carpenter Jr. Uh, Redemption Church. He's out in California now. And love listening to Ron, and and he brought some things out that really struck me. And I, I have I've gone back and listened to this message over and over and over. And I decided I wanted to bring it um, kind of in my version to 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 bring it in a, into a different light. But I titled it today uh, "House of God." So hopefully, um, hopefully when we get through this, you'll you'll kind of catch my. My heart and where I wanted to be with this thing, but um, as we get going here this morning, I, I, I just want to encourage you, man. This is we're at a place of unrest in our society, we're at a, uh, <laughs> another chaotic moment, um, man. There's so many things to to look at, so many things that are that are pouring into us right now, and so many emotions and so many. I, I really just want to encourage you in in the midst of this chaos. Uh, from from the covid nineteen stuff, the lockdown, the reopening, the new normals, whatever you want to call it, and, and now to this this rioting and this protesting and uh, don't let society drive you don't let society's ways drive you uh take your take your time to spend some time with the Lord and, and let the heart of God drive who you are um Man, our our world's in chaos. We need God beside us and and leading us more more now than ever before. So keep that in mind. I'm going to jump into this this morning. Um, Our story's going to start, we're going to head to 1 Samuel. So we're going to go back to Old Testament, 1 Samuel. And and this is where we find that the Ark of God has been lost in battle of the Philistines. Uh, They've taken it. Now they soon discover that those who don't believe or don't follow God should not have His presence in their midst, uh, and they go about trying to dump the Ark on about every every one of their neighbors, all these different cities, and and these these guys also realize it's not a good thing. And after a while, they decide the best place for this Ark, for this this presence of God, the best place is to give it back to the Israelites where it belongs because. It just causes chaos and unrest wherever it's at, where, where it doesn't belong. <clears throat> so they took it to them. They, they literally take it and drop it back off in the Israelites' lap. Something I found interesting in this was that even after the ark of God was taken from the Israelites, their their priests uh, still went about their duties in ministry. Now, some might say it was church as normal. Um, you know, the the worship team still led three songs before taking the offering, the announcers ran through the overhead projector, and then the lights went down and, and they'd sing three more songs with the fog machines rolling before the ministry actually began, before the preaching actually took place. So although the ark of God, the very presence of God was no longer behind them, the priests kept going through the motions. They didn't even realize that the glory of the Lord had left the building. Yikes. that's, that's um, it, it actually reminds me of a lot of places we are today um a lot of places i've even been in where everyone's doing their 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 normal um they're going through the motions but but god's not there god's been gone a long time if if he was ever there to begin with here, here, i'll just I'll share a little story with you it's about a guy who walked into a church off the street he's wearing a sleeveless shirt cut off jeans flip flops maybe his hair is kind of a mess after the service the preacher greets the young man and he invites him to the next sunday service but he tells the lad to have a talk with God and ask him what he should wear to this church to be properly dressed. So the next Sunday, the young man returned dressed the same way as he was before in his sleeveless shirt and his shorts, his flip flops. And the preacher again approaches him after the service and he asked, did you not ask God about how you should dress to come to this church? To which the lad replied, yes, sir, I did. He said, I asked the Lord what i should wear and he said to me i don't know i've never been to that church myself let that one sink in a minute (laughs) we have a tendency to be that way don't we Um, people don't fit our norm people don't fit in where we think they should and and so maybe maybe we forget that sometimes we're not who we should be either uh, as in this place you see, when, when God is present, there will be signs and wonders and manifestations of His Spirit. The Bible warns of these times when there will be clouds with no water, having a form of godliness but lacking His power, ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of truth. Man, I tell you, that right there could preach itself. Clouds with no water, having an appearance but no substance. Whew. Think about that for a minute. Having an appearance of God. Having, I mean, look at our churches today. They, they, they very well fit this bill. A lot of them fit this bill. They've got the appearance, but they lack the substance. There's nothing in them. There's no life changing matter coming out of them. Uh, that's that's not where God's at. God, you know, anything around God is always revolving, always moving, always changing. It's 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 God's spirit is going to change lives. For ha, having this form of God but no power. It looks like, it's shaped like, it seems like, it's structured like God. But when you get to the core, it's lacking God's power. Ever learning, but never coming to a knowledge of truth. Mm, that reminds me of that passage of scripture about itching ears. We, we just want people to tell us what we want to hear instead of a real truth. We're constantly learning, but, but we're never coming to that knowledge of a whole truth. <clears throat> this deal we're walking through right now, this COVID mess... We're seeing who is centered in truth and who's not. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult to find a truth in the midst of all of this chaos right now. I'm going to let that soak in and we're going to get back to our story. So about mid-span of 1 Samuel, Saul becomes king of Israel. <clears throat> now prior to his reign, things had gone bad for, the, for God's chosen people. that would run amok. Samuel the prophet meets Saul and the, his journey begins. Somewhere in the later chapter of 1 Samuel, things again turn south for the Israelites and David is anointed king. There's a lot of things that transpire in the midst of, of Samuel's. It's um, I'm not a am not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible studier. It's hard for me sometimes. The uh, first and second Samuel is difficult. <laughs> there, there's a lot of stuff in there that bogs me down. But but in the in the you know to try to cap that all out. Now we're at the towards the end of Samuel, first Samuel, and David is anointed king. And, and the one thing we see clearly about David, this is something I want to really point out. David loves the presence of God. Now, as we know, David is pretty good knucklehead. He makes lots of mistakes. But the Bible also refers to David being a man after God's own heart. He, he was a repentant heart. He had, he had a true repentance about it. He loved the presence of God. And when he spoiled that, when he soiled that relationship, it bothered him because he loved that presence of God so much. Now, one of the first things that David does is to make a decision to bring back the ark. Now, the ark is is in Israelite possession again, but it's not where it belongs. It's not, in the, it's not in the city it belongs. The presence of God, he wants to bring it back to where it belongs in Jerusalem, the very capital city. Now, we know this story all too well. It's kind of like a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. Things don't always go as planned. Things don't always go very well. Uh, when trying to move the ark and trying to handle the ark. He didn't follow the rules too well, and it cost him, because he didn't study out the proper way to handle the very presence of God. One of his guys, one of his buddies, one of his one of his people, uh, Uzzah, Uzzah, however you want to pronounce that, dies because he touched the ark, steadying it when the stumbled. All he did was steady the ark so it wouldn't fall. But there's a protocol. There's a protocol to handling the presence of the Lord. And he failed to follow. They they all failed to follow that protocol, and a guy dies. So in the process, David gets upset, and they just leave the ark right there. They they leave it uh, at the house of Obed-edom. Now, prophetically speaking, this is interesting. It it could really be considered that that we right now are that house of Obed-edom. We have been forced to house the presence of God in our homes instead of our corporate worship facilities. We've, we've had to remove it from the assembly of people and house it in our homes. Hosting the very presence of God where there are no teachers, no instructors, just the presence of God. What a beautiful thing this is. As someone said, uh, we were expecting God to do something really big during this crazy time, and they were somewhat so disappointed that they would not seen what they were really expecting. My my response to this was, man, this is big. What God has done with what was meant to be evil, what was meant to stop his body from functioning, what was meant to silence our worship, what what was meant to stop the speaking of his word, we've become the host of the presence of God in our very homes. Thousands of messages going out over social media all over the world into all walks of life. Worship being sung in neighborhoods with people standing on their porches or sidewalks, soaking it all in. What the enemy has meant for evil, our God has turned for his good and his glory. I I watched a video that was going around. Man, (laughs) it was such a powerful thing. Um, Big fella had his sound system set up just outside his garage. And it's probably the coolest, most powerful, most heart-moving version of Waymaker I've ever heard in my life. I love the song. I love how it's brought. But this guy standing on his sidewalk, making sound adjustments on his mixer while singing into a microphone with his speaker set up outside his house. It's kind of in a cul-de-sac, and there's, there's people standing on the sidewalks. There's people standing in the front porch. There's, there's people standing around listening to this man bring this powerful powerful version of waymaker. That's where we are. The presence of the God in our homes, in our communities, in our streets, in our neighborhoods, we are housing the very essence and presence of God personally. How cool is that? It says in Isaiah 11:9, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord just as the waters cover the sea the knowledge of the truth is there it's covering this earth as I've spoke before of some versions of warfare um, not all of our enemy will take what we offer not all of the enemy will take the, the life changing living water from God uh, the, the very essence of God that would change their life forever they won't accept it and they run away from it We we see a lot of that today so let's fast forward in, in, this, in this story here. Let's go to the day of Jesus' crucifixion. Darkness covers the earth. And there was this huge shaking on the earth and the veil was rent, Is how the Bible says. It was torn from the top to the bottom. This veil was in the Holy of Holies. You'll have to go back and look at some of that story, but the veil is in the Holy of Holies and it's, uh, the presence of God was, was housed in this big tent. Um, not everybody could be around it why because it was dangerous if you were not pure if you were not i mean the bible clearly states that god can't look upon sin if you were not clean if you were not pure in the presence of god you were struck dead the the priests that would go in to do the the atonements the the sacrifices they wore ropes around their ankles because and they had bells on the hem of their garments and if those bells quit ringing the guys outside drug out their dead body because something was wrong when they went into the presence of God. That that's this. You got to understand this power that was housed in this ark. It was it was not something to be toyed with. And here it is. It's it's behind this veil, and and and, and you had to be specifically anointed in order to walk into this presence and, and and to be into this presence. And so so here here this veil on the day Jesus is crucified, it, it's rent. It's torn. Now the, the Bible actually describes it being torn from the top to the bottom. I think that's really cool, because it takes away the the possibility of man causing it. You know that it, it, it um I, I don't know the dimensions. You, you, I think there is a place where you can see the dimensions of this thing, but it was like I mean I'm guessing here. Don't don't quote me on this stuff. I'm not a scholar. Like three inches thick maybe. Um, I don't know how tall it was, but it was more than a man could reach to the top of this curtain or this veil Uh, and it was actually woven it wasn't cloth it wasn't paper uh, it wasn't paper mache it was actually woven out of horse's hair like mane and tail now i don't know if you guys have ever played around with a horse tail or a horse mane it's not you can't even break it i mean you can't break that hair off you you have to cut it now you now you take that and weave it together and it becomes even stronger and so this this veil was was made from from horsehair, it was thick. It was strong. So only God could have caused it to tear in half. And he did it from the top down. The presence of God was released from the ark that day. God came out of the box. We, <laughs> I, lo- I love referencing getting God outside the box. We we have a tendency to box God in a lot. And this is letting him out of the box. This is literally what happens. God came out of the box that day. And now he resides in the hearts of all who believe, accept, and choose to follow him. That's huge. The, the Bible describes that we became the temple of that Holy Spirit that day. The presence of God dwells in us, no longer in this box. Back to David moving the ark. It, it, it remains here, there at Obed-Edom's house for about three months. Um, but after hearing the story of how blessed the house of Obed-Edom has become, David realizes we got to move this ark. we got to get it to where it belongs. We've got to get it to the capital city. So to bring the presence of God home, it can be free to manifest itself the way God intended all along and on a very personal, expressive level. So David goes and he gets it. And he moves it according to the protocol. He's he's done some study. He's, uh, he, he's, he's figured out how to go about moving this thing properly. And he begins this protocol. And I... It's impressive to to get into to, to Samuel and read how he moves this ark. This is I think Second Samuel now, where he begins the process of bringing it from Obed Edom's house to the capital city. Uh, every six feet, they stopped and sacrificed. Six feet. I, I don't know how far it was from Obed Edom's house to the capital city, but I'm thinking it took them a while to get there. So, but he goes about it in the right process now. I'm not a scholar, as I've mentioned before, but near as I can gather from research here, Obed-Edom's story with the ark and the presence of God, it doesn't stop when David takes it to the city. It it actually appears, and best I can tell, and again, you can always fact-check me, because I'm not always... uh, I I, I miss stuff, too, so I have no problem with you fact-checking me on this. But near as I can tell... Obed-Edom and part of his family actually become part of the band that lead the ark to the city. You see, it tells me that once you've been in the presence of the Lord, once you've had the presence of the Lord in your house, when it moves, you move with it. He had had been touched by God's presence. He, He had seen God's presence. He had tasted God's presence. So he knew he could not live without the presence of God in his life and in his house. So when they came and got it, he went with it. Man, I get that. I truly get that. Bringing this thing to winding her down here. So bear with me. My my heart, as we begin this process of reassembling together uh, as a people of God, that that there, you know, as this COVID thing comes down and we're reopening and churches are reopening and and our our churches, we're we're going to go today. Finally, uh, they've been open for a couple of services now that we've not been able to attend but 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 as we reassemble together as a people of God that that maybe the standard will have been raised for what we look for in public assembly now that we've tasted God in our homes we will want to be where we can feel and taste him publicly Let, let's raise this standard let's let's bring the presence into the public gathering with with fire and power like never before While in Durango, Colorado, serving as a youth pastor for a a really great man of God, uh, Pastor Stan Formby, known the man a long time in my life. He's part of my family's life. And I got to, I was honored to go and serve him as my first ever time in full-time ministry. I served as his youth pastor in Durango. I I got, during a worship service, I was shown a vision. Um, It was very unique to me to to have this happen. Um, But in the spirit, I saw these two warrior angels is the best way i can describe them i mean they were they looked like warriors but it was obvious they were angelic they opened our our sanctuary doors and just stood there holding them open nothing came in so so in the spirit i moved to the back of the sanctuary so that i could see out the doors to find out why they were holding these doors open and as i got to where i could see out the best way for me to describe this uh, is I saw a ball of fire, this this churning ball of fire, this, this huge ball of fire in our foyer, and I inquired as to what is this, and the response I received was, I am the glory of the God you serve, and I thought, well, why... Why are you in the hall why why are you in the foyer and And I tell you i I will never ever forget the reply that came that day because the reply that came has never left my heart, and he replied this, "I can't come in until you invite me you, you understand that the glory of God can't enter our presence until he's invited." He doesn't force himself in on anything. The fire of God can't come until we invite that presence into our midst. Whether it's a private gathering, a public gathering, a personal gathering, it doesn't matter. God can't come in power until we invite him into our life, into our, into our presence. Man, I encourage you today. This We have got to find a place to invite The spirit of God, the the fire of God, into our presence, and into our midst. The fire of God that burns away the chaff, that that burns away the cheat. I know farmer language. You know, there's when a wheat field is planted, and the the wheat begins to grow. There's things that grow in with it. It kind of actually even resembles wheat. It's got a head grain, but yet it's not wheat. It's it's fake, and and it's and it's needs to be plucked out. It, It needs to be brought out of that wheat so that wheat crop is pure that what do they do with that fake wheat that that chaff that that cheat if you will they burn it think about that for a minute they burn it but we need that fire of god that burns away the chaff the presence of god that that heals the sick and opens blind eyes you know the bible says the same spirit that raised christ from the dead dwells in us we carry around the same power if you're a believer if you're a follower of god if if you are blood-bought And you follow him. I'm not talking about a label-wearing Christian. I'm not talking about someone who lives in the world and calls themselves whatever. I'm talking about a blood-bought follower of Jesus Christ. You have the power within you to raise the dead. Man, we need to start acting on some of this. It's not for a dog and pony show. It's for his glory. May He open the blinded eyes of our hearts today to to fill us with His Holy Spirit and His fire like never before. It's our time. This is a place. This is our place. (laughs) We were here. We were created for such a time as this. Our world in chaos. Everything around us going upside down. But the power and the presence of God remains the same. It won't change, it won't weaken and it's not going to stop. We're going to see more and more turmoil in our in our world that that's just biblical. we're going to see it I, and I may get to preach this next week, I don't know, but I've got notes on just that right there that we're we're going to see an increase in our struggles, in our challenges, but God's right here in our midst. He's with us. We have got to press forward and we have got to draw closer to him than we've ever been in our lives. We've got to let the fire of God begin to consume us in such a way that it begins to ignite everything we touch. Think about that for a minute. I I live in Oklahoma, we're a wildfire country. When, When it dries out and summer's on its way and it's going to get hot and it's going to get dry, it takes very little spark to start a wildfire in this place. Forest countries the same way. Think about that fire burning. All those little sparks and embers that float up into the air. If they happen to come down on tender ground, then it starts its own fire. That's what we need to be. We need to be that spark that starts a fire. In our church, in our home, I came out of a church full of revival. And in the process of revival, it, it, there was a banner that was hung up that I really loved. It's just such a powerful thought process. But it talks about revival. What What is it? What is, how does revival come? Revival comes from God, and it enters a home. Revival changes that home, and then it enters a church, and it changes that church, and then it moves out into the world, and it begins to change that world. That is the truth of the flow of revival. It's got to start right here. It's got to start in our heart, in our home, before it can go to our church. we we got to quit going to a building looking for God's revival. It's got to start within us. And as it starts within us, we carry that fire into our churches, into our places of worship. And then that fire consumes those involved there. And the next thing you know, it's spreading into our community. It's spreading into our world. That's the revival fire of God. And that's where it has to begin, in us. Let's truly bring in a new normal, the fire of God burning brightly inside of us to carry it into our places of worship so that that place of worship ignites into an inferno and that inferno cannot be contained and has to flow out into our streets, into our communities, into our states, and into our world. Amen. God bless you guys. I hope you get something out of this message. Uh, Pray for our nation. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our community leadership, our community law enforcement. We are in the midst of a challenge and a chaos like never before. Pray over our people. Pray over pray over this nation and this nation's leadership that God be who he is in all of our hearts and lives. And pray for the fire of God to fall in this place and consume us. Amen. God bless you guys. Uh, I, I will be back with you soon, I promise. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for the continued support through all of this time of, of struggle. Um, our, our support hasn't stopped. It's we, we still are supporting all the missions and things that we can, uh, that, that we're entitled or, or committed to doing. We've not stopped. God's blessing us. He's, he's I'm, I'm working right now, I'm getting to work around great people and great family uh, extended family over in missouri right now so if god's taking care of us uh, continue to, to to pour out your prayers over this ministry uh, support us if you can you can do so real easily www.livinglotoutdoors.com a couple of different giving links on there there's even a place you can text and give to us now so awesome way to go about it we promise we'll put it where it needs to go we'll put it to work in the kingdom of god so God bless you guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great week coming up, and we will see you again real soon.